0: yo what's up everybody let's see how this works out because i am slightly buzzing just came from culinary but feeling good don't act like you're not impressed let me tell you something Pandeo. you pull any of your crazy shit with us you flash a piece out on the lanes I'll take it away from you and stick it up your ass and pull the fucking trigger till it goes click. Jesus. You said it, man. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. Oh, alright, yeah, so, um. Leaving, yeah, yeah, well. I was leaving a, a place and. Oh, my buddy called me up and uh, said, want to stop at culinary, which, of course, I said yes, absolutely, and um, I'm a day behind due to some, uh, you know, a few things I had to take care of during the week, therefore, um, oops. therefore, uh, I have to record tonight in order for <laughs> the podcast to be out on time, and I am definitely... Yeah, I'm just buzzing a little bit but for me I'm a little different when I'm buzzing I really don't have any motivation to do anything creative but to just drink more and party really that's about it so I um <laughs> I love podcasting right now I'll be honest with you I don't feel like doing it but it, here it goes here it goes um anyways Uh, welcome thank you so much for joining the or at least listening into the podcast this is hella average with me jose and yeah today i did want to say or go over something i actually did a little while back it was probably about a month ago Mm, that is seltzer water not beer by the way I think I said this before. Um, I used to just despise seltzer water. I mean, despise it. And now I have to slow down because I'm actually kind of maybe like more addicted to it. I absolutely love it. And it costs way more money than just, of course, regular water. So that's why I say I have to slow down a little bit. But man, I absolutely love it. So yeah, anyways, um, about a month ago, I was just going to say something, and now of course I forgot, like usual, because I am, I've been, uh, I drank a little bit, which is good, it's good, although this is a Thursday night, and I, I actually have to go to the gym tomorrow, uh, so all right, really quick, beef, I, I usually always have Friday off from the gym so I usually take Friday and Saturday off from the gym this time unfortunately I well fortunately unfortunately I I do have to go tomorrow but I did unfortunately suffer my first lower back injury on Sunday training legs I've hurt my upper back in the past but never actually my lower back and it uh yeah, it sucks, um, so that being said i'm I'm all better, you know i I would like to say I'm a hundred percent, but it, i I feel like I'm a hundred percent, but I can't say that I am only because you never you know you almost feel like you're always healed, but you're not, so I'm just still being a little careful, um but yes, i uh doing super sets on Sunday my normal routine as always it's just I uh I lost a little focus and ended up breathing a little wrong um you know I lost a little bit of my balance and when I tried to adjust I ended up I think lifting with my back instead of my hamstrings and uh felt a a pain and that fuck man I was a little bit past half my workout halfway through my workout and um it sucked man I couldn't believe it I I I was acting I was so mad about it I pulled it I felt it I did about two or three more reps and just was like "Eh, yeah so I racked it and um Knew it was still a little bit in pain for sure because being I wasn't cold right it was warmed up I was adrenaline's going and I still could feel the pain so much so that even picking up a twenty five pound weight you know to put on the leg extension machine was hurt me and yes yes I ended up finishing my workout I still had another superset left of three sets but I know. I, hey, again, I never claimed to be a smart guy. All right, I never did, but I had, I I had, uh, still two more exercises. Oh yeah, two more exercises, three super sets left, and I was able to do it. So well, basically three super sets a piece, but I was careful. I was a- able to pull through. It was fine. But yes, that, that day, I, I, uh, <laughs> I was very uh, slow at walking, very gingerly. In Monday, also, sleeping was good, but mm, bending over and things like that, Ooh, man, it was rough, but I am, I think I was lucky enough that it was more of a, like a strained muscle, you know, because the back thing is always the most scariest one for me, um, especially, you know, if it's a herniated disc or anything to do with that, a pinched nerve, anything like that. So if it's going to be an injury, give me a strained muscle all day, all day. So that part I was worried about, especially because I was so, I mean, Halfway through the workout, or over halfway through the workout, and I could feel the pain. It was very uncomfortable. So, very, very lucky. I uh, treated it quite well uh, for the most part. I, I, I ended up getting a percussion gun a couple months ago, and it that thing's been a game changer for me, for my elbows, for my shoulders, everything, everything. It's just been, it's just been a complete game changer. The pains that i always usually feel have subsided substantially because of this uh percussion gun which has been great so i used that i had i had that uh luckily i had uh um you know uh, the girl that uh i hang out with sometimes help me out and um she went ahead and um uh and massaged me quite a bit which helped uh, a lot, <laughs> and she uh, got me some Tiger Balm. Rubbed that on me. Felt so good as well. Ibuprofen, some zone, and in a few days I was—I've been almost back to normal. Monday was brutal, and then Tuesday uh, was it still a little—you know—it uh, was maybe sixty percent, and then by Wednesday I was. I would say ninety percent or higher, and today I feel fantastic. But still, got to be careful. So I I ended up did going on to on Monday, which I shouldn't have, but I did. I did. I did I did I did work out back, so I was gonna stay away from chest because there's a lot of there's there's a lot of pressure that can be involved with with that uh, with your back as far as doing chest. I know it's weird. It's like, well, you're doing you know back and you hurt your back, but listen. I've been training for many years I know the ones that will hurt that pivot area So I made sure to stay away from all those And it was good, it was good And, and Tuesday actually I ended up going to happy hour with some, with some people, with some friends So I decided, alright, I'll just take that Tuesday off Which I did, so now I have to make up for tomorrow But that being said, good to go um, Most people would take the day or the week off from the gym, rightfully so, nothing wrong with that, I uh, just can't do that, because I uh, I just, I don't know man, it will, it fucks with my head, I'm telling you, it fucks with my head, so anyways, I am good, I'm feeling great, I had some beers right now, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling well, I'm feeling good, I just gotta be careful, uh, man, you know, I got to fix this echo in here. I know my, this new office has got a lot of room. I got a great fucking setup now. I got a n- new computer desk that I've been building for fucking weeks. I have three screens running, and the setup in here is I had to move some shit around, and I really didn't want to do that because, well, just things weren't fitting correctly like I thought and so forth, but now I got to say I absolutely love it every bit of it I'm so happy that I did as much as I didn't want to and it just it just works so good so much better so very happy with the new setup I am uh I'm excited about it and it just now it it really looks like fucking like a straight almost like a pro studio so I'm happy about that so a few weeks back I, uh, I can't believe I forgot to mention this. So a few weeks back, I, I don't know, what was it? I, uh, oh, so I try to check the fluids in the vehicle and the truck once a week. And unfortunately, I don't know why. I've always been so good about it. And recently, I've just been delaying on it. And here I am delaying on it, as a matter of, as a matter of fact, as we speak now. But I always try to check them once a week. And I realized that my power steering was low. I have a small leak in there, whatever. And uh that night, so I thought, oh yeah, well, while I'm here, I'll do what I gotta do and put, you know, put all the fluids in there, and that was good. So I'm like, all right, I'm good. So then that night, I got to go to work the next morning, I think it's, well, not go to work, well, you know what I'm saying, I got to go to the gym, and then do my work, anyways, I have an early start, like usual, I, as I'm sleeping in the middle of the night, I, I kind of, like. I woke up out of a dream, whatever it was, go to the bathroom, whatever it is, and I go, uh, wait a minute, I think, I think I put brake fluid in my power steering reservoir. I don't know why. Um, completely fucking had a fucking retarded moment. Uh, I, I, I've never done that before. I've f- checked the fluids for many, many years. <laughs> I, and, and And here's the thing. And it, it has nothing to do with it. But I think part of it is because recently especially when it gets cold when i'm coming up to a slow stop with my truck i get like a it's kind of like a squeal you know when like a big fucking rig is pulling up to a stoplight and you get the you know and it's kind of doing that noise with the brakes again it has nothing to do with brake fluid i get it but i for some reason i think that kind of triggered i'm like oh fuck well i'm low on brake fluid that's why the reservoir, of course, is nowhere near the same or anything like that, but I couldn't believe it that in the middle of the night, I woke up and I thought, holy fuck, I think I put brake fluid in my goddamn power steering. And uh, and as I come to think about it more, sure as shit. Now, I'm a person that sleeps really well. I knew at that point it, it, I can't do anything about it till the morning. I th- Now I'm here trying to remember if I did a quick search on it. I think I did. Did a quick search on it um, because I think I think I had just fallen asleep when I did. So it wasn't completely in the middle of the night yet, but I did a quick search. And funny enough, I'm definitely not the only one. And I knew that I wasn't, but that was one of the, as soon as I started typing in, that was like the first search to come up. I'm like, oh shit, definitely done a lot more than i guess a lot more common than i would have thought so i i look and i'm like okay so what's what's the deal what's going to happen so forth well they said it will you know it will dry out the fucking seals in the power steering reservoir and in in the whole system and basically ruin your fucking pump and you'll have to get your whole power steering fucking system replaced and i was like fuck so everything i read that's basically what 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 would happen everything i read so the good thing the good thing was is that i hadn't driven the vehicle or even started it or anything i had had it parked i filled it up and i just let it sit there Overnight, Because I wasn't planning on driving until the next morning That was the only good thing That it hadn't gone And that we saying like Hey, if you haven't started it You're still in good shape You're gonna have to disconnect the hose And empty it Because it will fuck up your power steering Well, I really didn't have time to do Any of the unhooking the hose And sometimes you unhook the hose It'll tear or something like that so, I thought, you know what I'll do? I will. Uh, <laughs> I will get, like, a, get an empty water bottle, whatever, and I'm going to take the turkey baster and suck that motherfucker out. Now, I don't know if you guys, you know, who uh, who has put power steering into your reservoir and so forth, but the it, it's not... Like the, the hole is pretty narrow. And so I was hoping that this thing would fit all the way down. Well, it fit only to a certain point And I kept and I just and it worked like a charm for a minute. Up until I got to the point where it couldn't reach any further. And I thought, ah, oh, shit. And I was thinking, well, maybe is it good enough that I have, you know, maybe half of it out and I could just fill it up with power steering and she'll be good but I don't know something told me that I just couldn't I just something told me that I just didn't want to or that it was a good idea and um, and I thought well what else am I going to do what else am I going to do right so then I go okay I'll grab a straw and I'll just, you know, like you like you do with drinks at the bar or you see bartenders doing whatever. They plug that top up, dip it in and then empty, you know, empty it into the, uh, the container is what I was doing. So I just taking my finger and doing that and I'm like, "Well, you know, the reservoir isn't that big. It's not that deep. It should take no time." And it was just taking a fucking minute and I had to fucking be at a place at you know at a certain time well I'm out there in the morning it's still fucking dark and it's taking it's taking a fucking minute so I finally was like well guess I'm gonna take this straw and basically siphon it out to a point right I was just gonna suck it up with my tongue there and uh and then empty it into the water bottle and that's exactly what I ended up doing. So, I probably have a little power steer in my in my system, and so far it's been good in my in my own system. But yeah, I was in the, I was there for maybe probably f- a total forty minutes. I was probably sucking out brake fluid from my power steering reservoir for probably fifteen minutes or so, just and putting it into the into the container. And uh, and happy to say, I was finally able to take pretty much all of it out. Almost all of it out. And had, of course, power steering fluid, and I filled it up. I think so far, so good. Now, you know, you get a little paranoid sometimes. You're like, eh, it feels a little stiff. I don't know if that's the case or what's going on. But so far, it seems to be okay. I've taken, I took almost all of it out. And from what I read it should be okay, but yes, uh, yeah, yeah, my uh, my stupid fucking move, and I didn't even fucking drink the night prior, uh, I don't know what happened, man, I don't know what happened, I just fucking turned completely fucking retarded, and there I was, before you know it, I'm fucking sucking out, fucking break fluid out of my power steering reservoir at six o'clock in the goddamn morning into a water bottle. So not a moment I'm proud of, but fuck, I had to share. I, I mean, it's just so goddamn funny. So, anyways, um, I don't know where I was at. I'm gonna be honest with you. I had to stop after the what was it? The oh my my brake fluid power steering uh, st- uh, story there. The only reason was is because I was a little buzzing, uh, which I don't mind, but man, I was like just tired. So, uh, as I now continue episode 107, sorry I'm late. I can't believe I, I you know, it sucks that I was late. A, a couple things did come up on me, and kind of I had to, I had to pivot for a minute. But anyways, uh, I am back here and gonna go over the history of Pez. Candy. Well, okay, so I don't want to go through like every little fucking detail or anything like that, right? Because I, you know, I just find it in I just found it interesting. Now you guys you guys know about Pez, right? Um I mean I imagine you do the little which is the, the little the little characters of Pez dispensers which is so crazy because that's probably one of the only things I don't think that's ever been actually replicated in any way or copied. And I really don't think you it could like anybody could do that. But I um I, I just uh, I, I just found it fascinating. I've always kind of liked Pez. I never buy it or or have it, but just like anything else they turn into collectibles, right, I mean, things like that, I mean, it's a it's it's definitely a pop culture phenomenon, but you'd be surprised how long it's been around, Pez Candy, yes, P-E-Z, um, you know, uh, they had him on Seinfeld that one time, the Duck one, I think it was, and it's, it's just, it's crazy to me, again it was just something that I kind of popped in my head every once in a while I'll see Pez or I forgot another reason why it came up and I just thought man what you know like what is the history with Pez and and when did it start and and how is it still fucking going I just figured why not I'll check it out with and and, uh, do a little research on it so I did so the history of Pez Candy, again, I'm not going I'm not, I'm not a textbook. We're not going to go through like, you know, hours of this, right? I'm, I'm hoping this is only going to be maybe 30 or 40 minutes, but uh, it's going to, you know, I have my, I hope you guys did enjoy my power steering reservoir fucking story that I, I don't know. I, I still can't believe it, but, I, and I, I wish I was drunk, but I wasn't. So. Anyway, as we continue with episode number 107, after a quick break that we had, <laughs> it was a few days, I, yeah, I, I put on, uh, I, I kind of went a little heavy, so, uh, a little bit on the, on some of the drinking this past weekend, hit legs, and felt good though, but yes, it was fun though, it was fun, I, you know, hung out with my buddy uh, Robert and, and, and Mike, I think I already mentioned that. Oh yeah, I did mention that, that was, the- <laughs> sorry, see, I told you, I did mention that on Thursday. Um, so anyways, we hung out this past weekend, it was a great time, and, uh, and so uh, now we can uh, move on, and here I go, keep fucking rambling on. <laughs> so, alright, so Pez was actually, um, which I didn't know, maybe you guys did, Pez uh, was actually invented as an alternative to smoking i found interesting i'm not drinking a beer by the way i'm actually drinking a bang Mm. champagne good shit man i fucking love that hopefully they don't go out of business i guess it's it's a little sketchy with them for night now but that's the only that's the only energy drink i actually like all right so crazy is that pez candy was actually invented in vienna austria the where the Arnold Schwarzenegger comes from? The Austrian oak? <laughs> That's about the only, um, uh, as good as that impression is going to get. <laughs> uh, by a guy by the name of Edward, and I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, Edward Haas the third. So as an alternative to smoking, and the name uh, Pez actually comes from a uh, the German word, and I don't think I'm going to try to pronounce this, but it comes from the German word for peppermint. I'm, I couldn't really tell you how to spell Maybe, should I ask, welcome chat GPT? Oh, they, I don't think she has volume or he. What is it, he or she? I actually have it on Mac up right now, but I'm curious. Let's see. Um, I'm going to type in... How to pronounce and okay, so here's here's this oops, sorry, wrong keyboard. Um, how to pronounce, and this is a fucking hell of a spelling, and it probably won't know because it's gonna be a German thing. So P F E F F E R M I N Z, uh, you would have thought by looking at the, the word, I was, um, I, uh, you would have thought I, I just accidentally just put in some fucking, what What, what do you call it, the, some Latin shit and just threw shit together or something, because, yeah, it, uh, it, 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 it's, <laughs> It came out all weird. But actually, when I said German, it actually says... So let's see. Let's see what it says. Ooh, did you hear that? Let's see. Let's, I'm going to I'm gonna try to bring the volume up on here. Here we go. Pfefferminz. Okay. So, yeah. Word for peppermint, Pfeffermans. So taking the P from the first letter, of course, right? And then um the e from the middle and then the z um from the end is it's actually the actually s is at the end but um the middle and the z from the how to pronounce the last letter from the word pez so feffermintz so what it looks like is they actually because uh feffermintz is actually uh an s and not a z from what it looks like, but I could be wrong. Oh, no, 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 I see it right here, Never mind. Uh, pronounce, so Google, oh, it's because they're saying that's what it sounds like. My bad, so I guess I should have did a little bit more reading on that. Hey, man, I am bilingual, okay, but I'm not fucking German bilingual. I'm only uh, Spanish-speaking and English-speaking, so uh, bear with me. So it sounds like Pfeffermintz, but it's spelled... With the P F E F F E R M I N Z. Damn, that's a hard motherfucker. So, the end of the letter, the end, the last letter is Z, and that's where it comes from. So I, that's how it is, and uh, the word is Pez. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, shit. I, actually, that's a pretty damn good smart marketing, um, idea right off the bat. I think. So, uh, anyways, what's so crazy is that pez as it was marketed as a compressed uh, peppermint sweet in austria it was back in 19 all right get to 1927 is when this fucking thing was invented all right that is if look think about it it's 2023 almost a hundred years ago pez was invented almost a fucking hundred years ago and it's like. I think just about anybody knows what Pez is, I'm assuming. So that is some shelf life. That is whatever marketing it was. Whatever happened, I can't believe. It's still, it's actually still relevant. It's not like that's an old shit. Like, it's still relevant. 1927, man. So that's, I gotta say, that's quite fascinating. The original product was actually around peppermint lozenge. So... It wasn't even necessarily the little brick, uh, you know, candy that we already come to know, right? I'm not the one that we come to know and love. Yeah, uh, I wasn't going to go there, so I did anyway. Uh, <laughs> the original shape of Paz candy was round, so they were actually called Paz Drops. Almost sounds like, like a fucking Molly or something. Over time, a new manu- manufacturing process evolved, and then the hard pressed brick shape known today was created. So those little things—they almost look like little Legos to me. Um, but yeah, very, very interesting. Um, with, I mean, 1927—that is pretty. That's pretty crazy, man. And you know, the logo uh, was drawn in a perspective and given the appearance of the letters of of pez right so it echoes a trademark style the packaging dispenser you know you could always tell this it, i would say that's probably one of the only logos ever to exist that i don't i believe hasn't ever changed it's actually built out of this is crazy uh, funny but it's actually built of 44 brick like pez mints so there's actually very obviously worth well thought out of 14 bricks in the p 15 in the E and 15 in the Z. Fucking nuts, man. I just I don't. Maybe you guys are just like this is this fucking about the stupidest goddamn episode I've ever heard or uh, I mean st- don't, don't 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 give up on me yet. At least listen to episode 108 whichever whatever and what that's going to be. Um <laughs> but at least I'm not being canceled yet, not like Dilbert. So in the 1950s pez was actually awarded the first u.s patent number for a dispenser Uh, um, so i guess like the first dispensers actually were 1950 but 1949 they were they were in similar shape to this uh like a cigarette lighter you know like the little torch cigarette lighters it was basically it looked almost just like that not not your big but the you know little metal ones and uh in 1956 is when it introduces the innovated dispenser called the Space Gun. I didn't even know there was actually a Space Gun. I don't know if you guys uh realized that I had no idea. And I'm actually going to try to look it up right now. Um but it was an actual Space Gun that <laughs> I don't know. It's so like It looks like a water gun. Let's put it that way. It looks like a water gun. And very, very interesting um, little deal on that. And I just never knew that actually existed. But that's how it came out at first. So it actually came out as a space gun in 1956. And then 1957 is when they actually added, uh, you know, like the head, which is basically a three-dimensional character, That goes on top as basically it's still around today. So um, that's been going on since 57. But to think that it was a fucking... It was a... Like it was a space gun. So the first one was Halloween. And it was a Halloween witch. Which actually was the first traditional character um, head dispenser in 57. And then like the following year... Popeye is the one that comes in and was actually the first licensed character. That was back in 1958, so I mean they moved pretty quick already on that. But it's kind of crazy because you wouldn't think you wouldn't think a Pez dispenser being anything else but that. Oh hold on, I got to get a fucking cleanest. God damn, much better. So yeah, uh, so again, I want to go through these a little bit brief because I I actually think the other uh, more uh, more all these little facts are much more interesting this one's gonna fuck but the the pez dispensers down the list uh, that I, I have on my notes is is quite interesting so anyway so 1960s then uh the pez continues to bring new dimensions and then you know the dispenser base with sticker and die cuts so pez showc- showcases some rare and unusual candy flavors and he, and here's some which <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, it, these 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 are some of the rare and unusual candy flavors such as licorice, flowers, and um, get this, uh, uh, chlorophyll. Okay, I'm gonna just fucking look up chlorophyll really quick because h- how the hell is that is that a flavor? Like how is that fucking possible? Um. Okay so it's present in green plants that give them their color. But I uh I I've never heard of anything I've heard I've never heard of anything that is chlorophyll flavored. I mean I So I'm just reading real quick, pure chlorophyll is chlorophyll is relatively tasteless but plant like. This is unfortunately some people are sensitive to some people who drink chlorophyll water barely taste anything other than clean taste water okay well there you have it is it chlorophyll the shit that i swear you got you put um, on a cloth you put over somebody's face and you make them pass out and that's how you like kidnap them or whatever i, I thought that's what it was maybe i'm wrong i will i would look it up but i don't feel like looking that up because i don't want to go off on a fucking side tangent and shit i just thought it was very interesting that their their flavors that they come up with licorice flowers and chlorophyll like hey what what flowers i mean what 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 taste uh what flavor is that it's like flowers it's it's flowers so um yeah quite interesting with that <laughs> so anyway so in like in the 60s Pez pals are introduced and I don't know if you guys seen or remember it. Maybe not. I because I barely remember it. Was the Pez Boy, and it was uh, it was designed as a as a detective, or he was designed as a detective, uh, and he was he had three different disguises, I guess you could say, and he's one of them. He's a policeman. One of them's a knight. One's a chic, and the other one's a doctor, and I i don't know like i'm confused by it but all it says is that it was a detective who dresses up in disguises to solve mysteries now they didn't really have too much on that it just says that the character are shown in the pez comics inserts that came packaged with the dispenser so my thought is is that They had, as they had, like, think of, like, a little bazooka Joe comic strip, right? Our wonderful sea monkeys from last episode, you know, things like that. They probably created their own little character, which is called the Pez Pals, and they they just made a short little comic off of them. And the Pez boy, and uh, basically, uh, was a detective who dressed up and probably solved uh, various mysteries, depending on what Pez dispenser you got. Bizarre, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> very, very strange. But, anyways, so that's kind of the 1960s. In the 1970s we come in. It's 1973, uh, and that's when Pez in the U.S. grows to the point that they needed a company out here to, you know, for distribution and manufacturing here domestically. So it ends up being a factory is actually built in 1973 in Orange, Connecticut. <laughs> just, I feel like I'm supposed to say like Orange County, but Orange, Connecticut. And that's when it actually, later on, like a few years later, in 1978, is when it actually introduces the interchangeable rubber head character dispensers. Now, I don't remember the rubber heads too much. I just remember the fucking plastic heads. I'll tell you what, though. I fucking always broke those fuckers. And not, not on purpose, but... You know, they just—they just weren't the most durable things, and maybe I was a little rough on them. But I'll tell you what, loading those motherfuckers—I don't know if you guys ever loaded them. Holy shit! As, at least as a kid, maybe it's easier now. As a kid, those things were—it seemed damn near impossible to load a fucking brick of those things, like a, a stack of those things. I think it was—I think they carried twelve or something. That thing was. It was a nightmare, and it was easier to load fucking pellets guns, you know, and BB guns. That shit was insane. And then if you slipped her a little bit, they that spring would just pop them out like before you were able to actually lock it in. That shit was a pain in the ass. Um. So anyway, so as as the seventies go, you know. Uh, 50s like i said patent the new the, the first actual characters have come come into fruition the 1960s they have those wonderful flavors this licorice flowers and chlorophyll and then our pez pals 70s finally gets fucking huge that they actually end up getting a factory out here in the u.s and start manufacturing them domestically and then we come in finally after the 70s Comes, uh, uh, we uh come into the 80s and in 1984, Europe adds small tabs to the bottom of the dispenser base to help it stand upright. So they came, what do you call it, footless or feetless? What, what's the word for that? So originally, no, um, uh, yeah, no feet was basically what it was. And I actually, I don't know if I even remember that or recall if I had one without because seventies I had to a but I mean sorry eighties but um I I, may, I, I think I might have had a couple maybe that weren't you know didn't have the feet so uh, because the feature is finally introduced you know because remember in eighty four is when they they actually put the small tabs at the bottom but it, it's not until nineteen eighty seven that it is introduced in the United States so. They're referred to as feet in the collector community, and help determine year and value of vintage dispenser. So, if you have a fucking uh, Pez out there that has no fucking legs or feet, you might have uh, you might have something there. But uh, that basically happened uh, in the '80s, and then as we progress, we go into the 1990s. Man, this is, sounds like I'm fucking doing like some got some new show or something. So i was trying to think of a better segue better transition and it just didn't work out so um now that we're past the 80s let's go there and those most most of the music was terrible by the way and a lot of those movies were fucking shit too so thank god we're past the 80s now oh and that fucking clothes that's coming back now and the short shorts and dude like what what is that what is that man i mean come on nobody wants to see your fucking balls hanging out it's fucking disgusting Alright, let's go, let's get past the 80s because I'm getting some PTSD off that shit. So, in the 90s, as the Pez collection grows in popularity, go figure, um, during the early 90s, the first ever Pez Collector Convention is held in, well, of course it's going to be held in Ohio. I mean, shit, probably the, gotta be one of the states with the most virgins per capita, right? As far as dudes go, I would think on June 15th, 1991. So collectors from everywhere, of course, U.S., Canada, Europe, Japan, make it an international phenomenon. See, that's what's just shocking to me. People will take shit and run with it, and good for them, and good for the company, right? I mean, that's that's amazing, but you would just never think of something like that to really fucking blow up like that. So in 1993, Forbes magazine actually features pez on its cover and the prestigious christie's auction house in new york holds a first ever pop culture auction featuring pez now we got to remember though at this point in 93 all right this shit was invented in 1927 so it's got some history i can i can see where that's coming from as far as like shit People are collecting. People are getting crazy. It's been a lot of years now. These things this has been in development, and you know they definitely by now uh, um, have quite a few characters. You know, so I, I can see how that happens. Just like anything else that has a variety that has licensed characters, like the pop characters that we have now. I'm sure eventually those. I mean, some of those are already worth money, but think about it, I mean, think about another 60 years, like anything else, video games nowadays, your, you know, Nintendo, yeah, all this shit that we fucking threw away when we were kids, and just put to waste, or who gives a shit, or whatever, but now we wish we had it back, because then we could retire off our fucking toys, that's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I, I feel that pain every, every day, every day, so in the mid-90s, Pez reintroduces two popular products, the peppermint-flavored candy and the regular Pez dispenser. And the regular de- Pez dispenser is what they call it. the regulars, are the ones that didn't have the head. That was the one that looks just like a cigarette lighter. Um, and that's what it was, was in Seinfeld was a Tweety Bird uh, dispenser. Uh, I forget. That's I couldn't remember. I knew it was Yellow Bird, but of course it's Tweety Bird, but i don't know if you guys that shit was fucking hysterical it's when um george is dating the pianist and and uh he takes out uh, jerry takes out the the pez dispenser and elaine just starts fucking busting up laughing uh that was that i think man there's so many different stories inside a, one signful episode it's fucking genius and i can never get enough of it so good so good so good uh, but yes, I forgot that that was it. It was, a tw- it was the uh, Tweety Bird. Man, you believe that? The fucking 90s. Seinfeld. Wow. I still watch that shit religiously, too. Especially because it's on Netflix. All right. So then, finally in the 2000s, um, Pez introduces Fuzzy Friends. Yeah. Uh, Fuzzy Friends. The first plush dispenser so in the early 2000s it it also brought general mills pest dispensers and candy as a, as premium giveaways with the purchase of selected cereals, and i bet you that is there's those are worth some money i mean I, I could see that though but again marketing again right so this is what's crazy too because finally in 2005 in 2005 Pez releases the Star Wars collector set. Wouldn't you have thought that there was already a Star Wars collector set by this time? I mean, it's 05. And, Pe- and Star Wars was so huge. I mean, it's been so fucking big, but I guess it got another uh, kickstart as the new movie started coming into fruition. But I would have thought it was much earlier than that. So, um, they they actually called that it was the uh the first pez limited edition set so i'm sure if you have those and are completely sealed and brand new probably not worth a shit ton yet but worth more than they probably had them for and probably going to be more i wonder should i check it out really quick i mean i'm curious on uh on maybe what this would be for star wars collection sh- collection shit uh, <laughs> so let's see um, okay not fucking shit still it's still anywhere between it looks like 15 and 45 bucks wow i stand corrected i was actually gonna i was actually expecting those to be much higher than that so not that much. Even a brand new Darth Vader's 25 Bones. Okay. That being said, there is one. Well, let me go back. I'll wait on this one. I'll go back. It, it, it's, it's got to do with Chewy, but we'll go back. Uh, Come back to that in a little bit. Put a pin in that. All right. So, anyways, I would have thought it would have been more. This one, I didn't realize that they did this. And I still don't fucking know why they did that this but in 2006 sex sex is good that's a that's a seinfeld deal sex is good uh in 2006 pez releases dispensers featuring orange county choppers uh yes the family so i uh, i i i still don't get it this is and that was actually the first time that pez featured living people on his dispensers and of all fucking people that's who you choose maybe they were just hitting a fucking downslope or something because I know that OCC was huge for me I never watched this shit I thought it was garbage but maybe it was it was it was probably a good move on their part I don't fucking know but I can't believe they picked them for it but I don't know I, I maybe maybe I fucking missed something In 2007, then, the Pez Pez celebrates its 80th anniversary. (laughs) fucking 80th anniversary in in 2007. And it launches a Disney Mickey Mouse collectible tin. Now, I don't know where that stands, but um, maybe I could just take a quick look at it. This is so nice to be able to do my podcast in my office and to be able to just be by my 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 computer just do all this shit this is great this is fucking great so nothing crazy either and yeah, i see some for five bucks on ebay 35 bucks so nothing crazy but shit always ends up being worth money more money in the long run so um so disney is definitely one of the One of the bigger ones, one of the bigger sellers, no question. So then in 2010s, I guess you want to call it, (laughs) uh, the 2010s teens, right? Uh, In 2011, the Pez Visitor Center was opened in Orange, Connecticut, and it continues to be enjoyed by generations of Americans. I mean, why are you going to go to the Cleveland's Football Hall of Fame when you could just go to the, the Pez Visitor Center. I mean, isn't that just way better to spend a vacation, especially in Ohio? Oh, man, it's so beautiful. <laughs> Fucking flyover state. Uh, yeah, you won't catch me going to Hawaii. Not, not by choice. I'll tell you that right now. Ohio. Did I say Ohio or Hawaii? Definitely Hawaii I'll be going. Ohio, not so much. Uh, today, billions of Pez candies are consumed annually in the U.S. alone. Go figure. And they actually, you know, have better flavors now. And, uh, of course, the collectible dispensers. Uh, the what are the main flavors? I had them right here. Sorry, I I, I I thought I had them in that one part that I saw that I was just reading. But um, I'll have to. Oh, yeah. So the flavors, and I don't know, there might be have they might have more, but right now it's grape, cherry, orange, lemon, strawberry, ra- raspberry, cola, sugar cookie, which I almost want to go get me some fucking Pez for that, na- for that, fizzy, whatever the hell that is, sours, candy corn, candy corn on its own is fucking shit. I don't know why you'd want to make another variation of candy corn. It's just like I might as well just fucking like shit and hey you want shit or do you want shit it's candy corn's fucking garbage and i just don't understand why you'd want to make something else that tastes like that cotton candy i'm down for that vanilla cupcake uh banana lychee or lychee sorry I, i don't know mango and coconut can eat a fucking dick i hate coconut anyways at least it beats flowers chlorophyll and Fucking licorice, Whoa. Whoa, the worst. Um. So yeah, I mean, they uh, they are definitely a staple of American culture now, and crazy enough that they're like available around the fucking globe in like more than ninety countries. So, uh, you know, that's 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 pretty impressive for a company that really was born in 1927 that's some crazy shit man crazy shit so the other thing though i wanted to get to is same thing but on pez but the most expensive pez dispensers which i would have never really thought uh but it's kind of nuts um just checking my time Uh, so um i had a repeat there so the one, uh, let's go from top, I guess, nine, it looks like. So, number nine is back in the 1960s, Snow White Lavender. So, lavender, uh, I don't know what they meant by the lavender because they said the stem color is pink. But it's 1960s, Snow White. So, there's your fucking first Disney one. Price for that son of a bitch goes for 2600 all right and it is it does look like a 1960s character it looks like it looks bad i guess it's her sleeping or some weird shit number eight soft head dumbo another fucking disney that one was back in 1979 and that one goes for 2700 bucks number seven was or is and this is all it is, is football player. <laughs> so I guess there's three variations, but it's just a football player. It wasn't a specific team or a specific player. It was modeled after anything like that. It was just a football player back in 1964. On this one, the stem color is white, but you have a red, I believe, and a blue. And the helmet is a white with a red stripe, but there's a, a blue helmet with a white stripe and uh, white with the blue stripe or something like that. Yeah, something like that. So that one goes for three grand. It was just, I don't know, so, so strange. Uh, <laughs> the Purple Lions Club is the one that comes in at number six. I'm not sure what that is. It was in 1962. It barely edges out the football player. So the football players actually they're getting a little give or take but 3044 the purple lions club is 3075 so so not much uh but night back in 1962 uh, when that came out i was just kind of trying to see what that was as far as pez goes so oh so you guys probably know more than i would on that the Lions International Club, which I had no idea that's what that was. Um, my bad. So, uh, you know, you got to remember I i um, was born in a Mexican um, household. And uh, there's a lot of culture that I didn't really know. But that's what it is. Yes, uh, it's, it's the Lions. So interesting Lions Club. So you guys probably like screaming at me right now knowing what the hell it is and i'm over here fucking still doing research on it all right so remember that we are talking about disney we're talking about star wars and here we come to chewbacca so chewbacca 3500 bucks all right the stem color is brown now before you check if you got a chewbacca here is the fucking deal with this one 2021 so this is just two years ago going for 3500 bucks. Well, the problem is is that there was only a few that were printed. I don't know how many, a limited amount. They didn't really specifically say, but it's because it's a Chewbacca print, Chewbacca misprint and it's printed on a Disney Princess package. That is why. So, you have Chewbacca, all brown, Um, and which, you know, after, um, um, which his name's dog, by the way, Uh, that's what the Chewbacca's kind of model after, but yes, it was a misprint Disney princess package. So Chewie's in there in his package, but the backing of it is a, is, (laughs) is a princess, um, back in and it has like uh, it has a disney princess princesses i don't know it has all of them it has like beauty and the beast uh, the little mermaid and, and someone else so it's just straight up a misprint and that is why the chewy misprint comes in at 3,500 bones number four is the mickey mouse soft head uh, same price as actually chewy i don't know why they put them at number four but why? Well, because it's Mickey Mouse. But this one was 1979. The stem color is gray. That one is valued at 3,500 bucks. Which B? Which, of course, is the first three-dimensional character actually made back in 1957. One of the most rare fucking dispensers yet. The stem color is black. You, it's it's the one dating back to 1957. Originally. The dispenser came with this it was it was weird when i saw the image I, I wish i could you know if i had like video whatever i mean i maybe eventually i will but these are the times when you need it because it'd be fucking great to see these you can always check them out and just you know google them up but it's very interesting uh it came with the halloween mask of an angry saber-toothed tiger is what this thing was packaged with and I saw it, and I was just like, "What the hell is this?" And it was, it was like one of those masks that you, you know, I don't know if you guys remember, but they would be on like on a cardboard, and you just cut them out, and then cut the holes out, and then the rubber band that fucking snapped every single time and smacked you in the goddamn eye. These sons of bitches. Um, that's what it came with. And the crazy thing is, is that fewer than twenty five of these dispensers i guess are estimated to exist so you would think it'd be worth more than forty five hundred bucks but 1957 insane so the second one comes in as a shock to me i would have never guessed but it's foghorn leghorn yep from fucking looney tunes that's right i mean I, I, I i got i got you boy what what, what do you got here boy right and i think it's i can't even remember exactly what he said but uh i remember his catch well i don't remember his catch i remember he had a catchphrase um let's see foghorn you guys are probably screaming at me right now i know i know i'm sorry i'm usually pretty good at this shit but uh foghorn leghorn let's see what does foghorn i said boy pay attention when i'm talking to you boy pay attention to me boy um yeah i said i said that's what i've been telling you boy so yes um foghorn leghorn is the second most valuable pez dispenser at seven thousand dollars almost fucking twice of the Witch Bee, which is 25 of these two exist remember seven grand in 1980 the stem color is blue. On that, it was he was created. Foghorn Leg, Leghorn was created by uh, by a guy by the name of Robert McKimson for the Merry Melodies short "Walkie Talkie Hockey." That shit dates back to 1946. But never would have thought Foghorn Leghorn, the first one ever. I, I was surprised again, very surprised. You read the story a little bit. I I see why. So it's almost I don't know. How do you call a, uh, an anomaly a little bit, maybe? Um, it's called, this is all it's called. It's called Political Donkey. That's number one. It's back in 1961. All right. The most expensive pest dispenser is the Political Donkey. It's priced at 13 k Almost twice the amount of foghorn leghorn, so that tells you some crazy shit, all right. Um, and here's and, and here's what I'm saying It's a little bit of a caveat to this one, and in a sense, is there are only two of these uh, pest dispensers known to exist, with one being uncovered in a home in 2012, according to the homeowner. It was gifted to him in the '60s by the vice president of Pez. So evidently, the donkey Pez dispenser uh, was actually originally created as a gift for John F. K., who actually had it for a minute. It was it was a gift for John F. K. that was presented to him when he went to Vienna, Austria. I always want to say Vienna sausage immediately. Vienna, Austria, back in 1961 and along with two other rare dispensers a golden one which was intended for Jackie his wife and a bozo the clown for caroline so uh so that's we had it only for a little bit though because you know test, test dispensers fuck oh, they're it's it's which is funny it is uh, it was considered at this time at least uh was returned because it was what do they call it? Uh, Danger, uh, whatever, for uh, international security. Yeah. After the trip, the Secret Service ordered the return of the pest dispensers to the company for safety reasons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because pest dispensers are, whoo, I mean, they're fucking brutal, man. They'll put you away for a pest dispenser in Cali before they put you away for a 45. I'm just kidding, but I wouldn't fucking doubt it. Trust me, coming from California over there. Ugh. Okay, I can't get started on that. Just go fucking back to Cali if you moved here in the last couple years. Other than that, you can, you should be, you should be able to stay. So, um, at that point, I guess the PES management team gave one away as a gift to a key staff member and kept the other two in storage. So, it sold for 13 fucking grand. Isn't that just crazy? A, a PES dispenser selling for 13K. So... I did look up who had the largest Pez collection. And it's actually this couple by the name of Gary and Nancy Doss. I guess they've been collecting disp- this, these dispensers for over 20 years. And the collection's fucking massive, as, as you would guess. But in, it includes all, all 550 plus characters that Pez ever made they first attached the heads remember as an uh, uh, on their novel uh on their dispensers in 1958 so they have they have all of them which is i mean oh dude i just i couldn't do it i wouldn't have the patience and i'd be selling that shit like a fucking in a heartbeat so um so i i went into a couple other rare i don't know if they're rare but interesting pest facts let's put it that way and um and so uh, there's a couple of them so from the different for the modern dispensers the first character pest dispensers had full body designs all right i I mean like not just the stem like straight up full body design uh one was actually with a full red suit for santa claus all right That, that was one all the metal uh looking nuts and bolts on the robot uh and all the metal looking nuts and bolts on the robot so uh santa claus straight up had a fucking fool ass red suit body Uh, uh the 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 part the bad part is because i don't know let me see the the robot really quick because they didn't say much about this and i'm just curious about why they would just have that as as a dispenser i mean let's see so past dispenser because i did look at the man it comes right up holy shit Yeah, so there it is. It's uh, it's a metal fucking looking robot. Um, You know, as detailed as you can get back in the day, but nothing crazy. So those were the ones. Uh, They were a little complex, so they were too expensive to manufacture. So much so that it actually was five times the cost of a normal candy bar, which at that point was maybe 10 cents. (laughs) <laughs> so i'm telling back back in 1956 it had to be right i mean probably a nickel uh, it, it, maybe maybe less shit i think you get a cheeseburger for a nickel back then i don't fucking know um i'm old but i'm not that fucking old so yeah so it, it wasn't gonna sell very well so they of course Uh, adjusted and then created a new toy-like dispenser which as we, as you just remembered as I said earlier you know, uh, it struck a balance but it came in as um, the original regular sorry, new toy-like dispenser that struck a balance between the original regulars and the character designs, a character head on top because remember that the, the gun was actually right before that and that was too expensive as well but it's a cool-looking little fucking gun. Uh, I just... It's kind of weird. It's weird how things, like, come up and how they evolve, I guess. I just find it so bizarre that it was an actual gun, like a space gun. Um, so... Another, another like, little interesting thing was the, a combination of licensing deals and original designs. Pez actually climbed to that status of pop culture icon, right? That's kind of what helped to catapult to where it finally got to the, the, the well, so big that they had to have a warehouse in Orange, Connecticut, not Orange County, and uh, in order to basically feed the masses called the Americans, you know, American consumers. So now, actually, the interesting enough, no, now the factory now manufactures all the pest candy for the US and Canada. So get this. 12 million tablets, I'm going to call them bricks, let's say bricks, right? 12 million bricks per day, five days a week as of 2011. That is insanity. 12 million tablets, oh, nope, almost said tablets, bricks a day, five days a week. That's uh that's insane. That, so, remember, this is 1927 that this thing started, okay? It is now 2023. They're saying that on an average day, outside of the 12 million pieces of candy, it equates to about 1 million rolls a day is what it's doing. That's absolutely phenomenal. For something to hold its value for that long, I, I, it's just bizarre to me. So the interesting part is, and this actually kind of made me laugh, kind of a little bit of thumbs up here. For, for one part, I, I, I would have never known. I, I guess I can see that, but, but here's another little interesting thing. Requests for personal Pez heads are made every day. Right. so I guess people request Pez heads of themselves every day. And they pretty much turn them all down. Except for OCC for some reason the one that gave me a little smile is that actually Kim Kardashian had a dispenser request and was actually given the thumbs down recently I wish I had two more hands so I could give those titties four thumbs down right I mean uh if you guys know Chappelle know Chappelle show you know uh <laughs> yeah what's that um what the have, what the what the five fingers say to the face, slap, fucking, ah, oh, God, I love that shit, <laughs> Charlie Murphy. Um, all right, so yeah, again, two thumbs down. Yes, so here's one thing, and I, I was like, fuck, this is kind of shitty, but, and I was actually contemplating on on actually putting it on here or not, but I thought it might be just be good. Because I had no idea, and I don't know if anybody would, but I guess the uh, Pez candy is very toxic to dogs. So if you guys are buying, if you guys are buying, you know, uh, some Pez, and you guys have uh, dogs, little fur baby dogs, uh, yeah, I guess they're extremely toxic. So I mean, so much so that it can cause a very severe drop in blood sugar. That can can happen in minutes. In minutes after they ingest it. So even small amounts, anywhere between two to ten pieces can cause hypoglycemia, seizures, liver failure, or even death. So, keep those out of the reach of those doggies because we don't need no fucking pets. our our, are good friends out there. No question. So... What is the best-selling Pez dispenser of all time? What would you guys think? Interestingly enough, it's definitely not one of the highest, you know, one of the most expensive ones. Um, but yeah, what would you guys think? I'll tell you what—he supposedly comes around once a year now i didn't know he came around once a year i was told straight up in fucking kindergarten that there's no such thing as this person that's right fucking santa claus man santa claus is a highest selling pez dispenser since it was created in 1955 that's a that that's a run man that's a fucking run it'd be something if it was like ah you know he was born in Alright, it was created in 1980 or something. 1955 and is the highest selling one of them all. Fucking insane. Insane. Uh so today, what's what today? Pez today. Pez today. So today, Pez heads are designed and sketched out by artists at Pez. <laughs> which is interesting, right? Or by whoever holds the license for the character, of course. But I, you know, I wonder if you can do a 3D of that nowadays. I wonder if they would do something like that. But basically, a sculptor now creates a 3D mock-up of the head. And when the designer is approved, the artist prototype is used to create the machinery for the injection molding. So there you go. And the dispensers, of course, are not created in the U.S. by any means. They're created in Hung- Hungary, Vietnam, and, of course, our friends, China, right? Of course uh at least for now (laughs) um pez has actually so here's here's a here's an interesting thing how how many character different characters and variations has pez designed would you think it has designed about 1400 different character heads in innumerable variations that's fucking insanity but remember, it's almost a 100-year-old company. A few have made their way into actual the National Museum of American History, <laughs> including a set of the Muppets, man, with the dispensers of Kermit the Frog, Gonzo, Fozzie Bear, and Miss Piggy. So, uh, quite interesting. Um, a collector you know, might point out that the earliest Miss Piggy dispensers had fabulous swooping eyelashes, right? Uh, of course. Um they have one at the at the Smithsonian has actually straight eyeliner though making it just a, a, a simple i guess more simple design um that was actually manufactured later probably because it was too hard and too much money to to do the eyelashes i i imagine i don't fucking know um this year i guess which i don't i actually don't know why this year i'm not sure i was trying to see what it was a new Marilyn Monroe design. Let's look at that right now. Actually, right. Let's see. So Pez, Pez dispenser. Um, Marilyn Monroe. All right. Marilyn Monroe. Oh, there it is. There it is. Sorry, my bad. Uh, okay, never mind. I guess it just disappeared on me. I cannot ever fucking type for a fucking for a shit, dude. For shit fat fingers all fucking day uh 2020 okay so let's check this one out I didn't even realize let's see Ooh, yeah I could see that quite nice uh, a good rendition I have to say not going for a lot yet but you know you never know but yeah Marilyn Monroe designed a wah holiday truck dispenser and lo and behold star wars dispenser set of the mandalorian and the child also known as baby yoda of course of course it's gonna have the mandalorian i mean the disney ones are basically the top sellers or at least the most top valuable ones of them so it makes sense um yeah that's fucking funny the truck dispenser the wawa so interesting man at least for me probably you guys probably like this fucking idiot so there you have it i mean pez basically was first marketed as a compressed uh, you could say even say lozenge um peppermint candy in 1927 1927 as an alternative to smoking (laughs) so fucking weird how shit is meant for one thing and then ends up being successful for something else. So today the company, you know, sells and markets its products, like I said, worldwide. Which is so crazy that uh, like all the U.S. and Canada ones are made here. And their locations are in Orange, Connecticut and Tron, Austria. So between them, the two locations distribute approximately... 70 million dispensers and 5 billion candies per year yeah that is fucking crazy so anyways that's it that was the history of pez um i mean hopefully you guys at least found a little interesting i just thought it was that's you know there's just some of that shit that you look you you see or whatever it is whether you see it whether every once in a while it crosses your mind whatever it may be and you know you just think oh yeah pez oh yeah pez but if you sometimes if you kind of take a step back and think about like fuck how long has that shit been around or you know what is the story behind this thing it just sometimes i just find it fascinating and uh I just thought it was cool. So, anyways, I hope you guys did enjoy that. I apologize, again, that I'm late. I apologize that I had to do two separate, uh, basically, podcasts that I'm going to put together here, just edit them really quick. I know it's going to sound weird. It's not going to fucking flow, probably. Um, ah, it's so strange that because I'm not doing it on my normal day, I um, I feel off. I could tell when I was doing it so uh sorry for you know coming across a little fucking uh, how do you say robotic maybe or just so much reading It just like it's like i'm like i'm reading a fucking like i'm an anchor or some shit right uh, like a news anchor anyways i just thought it was cool and i hope you guys found it interesting i don't know what i'm gonna do next but i don't have much time to prep for it so i did have so i did put some notes on we'll see what happens um if you guys maybe want to Hear about something? I mean, hit me up on like Chad McDaniel again. Always a shout out to 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 that to that man right there. Always supporting everybody. Always appreciative uh, for him. You can uh you can check me out on I guess Twitter. I don't really ever say Twitter because I don't go on there very often. But it is Jose Mesa creator. But you know, also you can always uh, hit me up on. Well, you can hit me up on there. You can hit me up on Jose Mesa underscore Creator. Just DM me on that on IG. On um, don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. I should have Hella Average podcast. I don't. I was gonna say a Twitter page, but I should just use my Twitter page for it. I guess I should. I, I should just do that. Hit me up if you guys can, or if you want, you can also. Shoot me an email, I guess. Why not? Right? Um, at right. Juan and Joe Comedy. So let's do Juan and Joe Comedy at gmail.com. For you white people, Juan is J-U-A-N. And Juan and Joe Comedy at gmail.com. I, you know, if you guys are familiar with how this started it was actually my buddy baden his name's john my name is jose we kind of switched it john is juan in spanish joe is um jose in english and that's kind of how we started and he unfortunately had to leave our empire <laughs> i wish it was an empire I, in, in my mind it's an empire but unfortunately he had to leave this and it's been a while now that he left, it's probably been three years, so I just haven't changed any of the Juan and Joe because I have so much connected to it right now. But uh, that's but I did, you know, that's why this is not the Juan and Joe podcast, it's it's the Hell Average podcast. Also, if you guys really want to listen to some cool podcast episodes on Hell Average, go back to the letters uh from BRAD, those again are the best ones. This is how this podcast actually started with my buddy uh being in prison since 1994 and is still in there to this day as in life and uh it's very it's more lighthearted it's more fun than it is serious it's not really serious at all he he and I have corresponded for the last I don't know 20 plus years oh with letters Uh, writing back and forth to each other, and I still haven't written them back. I'm fucking horrible for that, and I still need to do that. So, uh, but those are the ones that actually came... This is why the episode or this podcast came together to read his letters and to discuss them. I find them very, very interesting, very entertaining. So, if you guys have a chance and you you guys haven't checked them out, you know, take a listen to those. But as always... Truly appreciate you guys always uh, stopping by and, uh, you know, hearing my bullshit. And hopefully you guys, you know, appreciating uh, the little bit of a newer format. Again, I'm still trying to keep it a little bit like old school, but I want topics. And that's kind of what I'm trying to stick with on top of hopefully I get some letters from B-Rad. But appreciate you guys uh, for the support. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And um i guess that's about it even some downloads you can always offload it a little bit uh, later but it always helps me for sure and also my youtube channel subscribe check that stuff out but thank you guys again for everything i will see you guys in episode 108 whatever topic that may be hopefully i have one we'll see how it goes until then i just don't seem like i can fucking joke around as much on topics that's the only thing i've noticed and i i don't know But, nonetheless, we'll see what happens, what comes on Episode 108. And uh, I will talk to you guys later. Peace. That's a fucking wrap.